You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Hi, just your Chancellor again. I wanted to make a podcast after Pitt's collapse last night against Notre Dame. I wanted to make a couple points. First of all, I'm very disturbed by the cunty fans online, on Twitter in particular, which is really the only social media I use these days, uh, even though it's being destroyed and dismantled by Elon Musk. But I've noticed a really sad trait of Pitt fans. Okay, and I noticed it with respect to football long ago, which is, guys, you're, most of you, you're fucking pathetic, okay? You allow the national media and the local pit media to bully you into settling for mediocrity at best. And you feel like you have no right to demand the kind of things they demand at Penn State from their football team, the kind of things they demand at Kansas from their basketball team. And I just want to tell you, I'm 57 years old. Well, I will be in three weeks. Happy birthday to me. Thank you. Thank you. But um, no gifts necessary, trust me. Um, I lived through the greatest times of pit football. None of this. The young punk thug Chris Peak or whatever his name is talks about 13 to 9. And I know most of the pit fans that I like online, they're young too. So I don't want to call – not everyone's a young punk thug, okay? It's just a term I use for the cunty young punk thugs that are out there which is the people that know all the answers, know everything, even though they haven't experienced life, have zero regard for people that have experienced more than them, have zero understanding of the intelligence of actually living through sports and the ups and downs and the reality of it, like to go back and analyze numbers and think that means that they've experienced it when you haven't, and, um, you know, and, and, and try to argue and dismiss older people's uh, opinions who have lived through like the war, it's like you go off to war and you fight the battle and you come home and people are laughing at you. You're a veteran, you have a you know, shrapnel in your leg and you won the you know, gold star, whatever, blue, blue, whatever. They, I'm, to be all, it's, it's embarrassing, I don't know what they, what is it? The purple heart, that's what I was looking, gold star. Purple heart, so you come home with your purple heart and everybody's shitting on you and saying, I could have fought that battle, I know as much as you do. I, in my mind, I went to war, so I know what you've been through. And that's the way people treat sports fans that actually live through and understand the ebbs and flows and the ins and outs of sports. And let me tell you, when it comes to college basketball and college football, there have been a lots and lots of ins and outs, not only being a Pitt fan, but in the sport itself. I mean, if you were raised in an era where they only have the college football playoff, then you don't know what it was like at all. You don't know what college football means. Because if you think there's this four-team playoff and that's what the way it's been – No, it's never the way it was. It literally was about waiting for the AP vote. And with college basketball, if you think it's about metrics and charts, you're wrong. That just started four years ago. And if you're a Pitt fan, you've never experienced that with any passion because you never gave a shit until this year. And guess what? It only started a few years back. You know, so you have to look up to your older people and understand where they're coming from because they know what they're talking about. Now, I just had a, a, a conversation online with Mike DeCourcy. He's about six years older than me. Okay, he was in the meeting with the NCAA when they wanted to change from the RPI. And they had debates. 
And I'm talking with some fuckwad, punk-ass Philadelphia cunt who pretends to be a Pitt fan. And I show him my conversation with DeCourcy, where DeCourcy agreed with me in that meeting about five years ago. They shouldn't go to a predictive index like Ken Palm for ranking teams and certainly not for making quads because they, that should be results-based. And, and also, you should have as, as little of the metrics to the quality of the team, which we don't know what it means to an actual result. Okay, that's the bottom line. You can score efficiency and all this shit all you want. But we don't know what that really means to results. We really don't. No one has ever done a study that showed unequivocally the teams with the highest net efficiency win the most games and win the tournament. Okay? So I know this fucking cunt. I don't know his name. He's some Asian dude. I want to punch him in the face so hard they have to do surgery to remove my fist from his shattered brains and skull. I mean it. This fucking guy, he keeps going on about the metrics. And I show him, dude, a guy who's in his 60s, and I'm in my 50s. We, we understand this sport, and we've been, Mike DeCoursey's been writing about it for more than 30 years. He lives in Breeze College Hoops. And this fucking guy from Philadelphia, who alleges to be a Pitt fan, he's going to tell us, that the metrics are right because Pitt sucks in them and that's just the way it is. I'm having a discussion with DeCourcy. He's saying, you know, I know the, I have my problems with the net, but you won't find too many metrics supporting Pitt. Well, guess what? The KPI had Pitt 41 just before they lost this horrible game. And not only that, it had the ACC way better. And if you went back and charted everybody by the KPI and the ACC, guess what the ACC isn't? the worst conference in basketball. Guess who has a 5-5 five and five quad one record? Pitt by the KPI, okay? And that would have still held true today. We'd be 5-5. Five and five. Right now we're 4-3 and three by the Nets quad ratings, see? So, no, it does matter whether you do a results-based. And, by the way, the KPI also includes scoring margin, which I don't agree with. I don't think... Any of these ranking metrics should have anything to do with scoring margin because it has nothing to do with the quality of a team. Nothing. It's erratic. It's completely unreliable. And I have yet to see a single study or anybody even allege that if you chart a season of the greatest teams and the ones that win in the tournament and the ones that win the most games, you know, the 33-3 and teams and all the great teams in Nevada, UNLV over the years and the great Duke teams and the – you know – Show me a study that says all those teams always had a really good scoring margin. And when they won at home over bad teams, their scoring margin was X. And when they went on the road, their score. Show me a study that correlates scoring margin to results. Because I'm sorry, fucking Philadelphia fuck. Whatever the fuck your name is because I blocked that punk. I'm sorry anyone arguing for these metrics, especially the Ken Palm. Unless you could show me that these detailed analysis, statistical analysis of what a team does have any correlation to wins and losses, and in particular, wins and losses when it counts in the NCAA tournament. Unless you can show me a correlation between these highfalutin little stats. And by the way, I'm a mathematician. I'm great at math. 
So again, statistical Philly fuck. Just shove your arrogance up your ass. And Mike DeCourcy, I show him how Mike DeCourcy went into that meeting and argued against the net, including this garbage. He agrees with me. And he was still debating with me why I'm saying Pitt's better than the numbers because he was saying most of any of the metrics aren't supporting Pitt being great until the K- I noted the KPI and, and the subtle difference, by the way, of 55 or 53 as it was before Pitt had a, fell on its face against Notre Dame. The subtle difference between 53 in the net and 41 to KPI isn't subtle at all. When you go and look at the bottom teams in the ACC, you had a 40 or 50 point difference in the net versus KPI, okay? When it came to Georgia Tech, when it came to Florida State, when it came to Boston College, go look. And in fact, the Boston College uh, win by Pitt becomes a, a quad two win if you score them by KPI. Why does that matter? Well, listen to Jerry Palm, listen to everybody. They say too many weak wins for Pitt, too many bad teams they beat, too many weak losses. Well, if you bump up their scores, a lot of them reach the quad cutoff points. With KPI, they reach them sooner, and suddenly Pitt's resume is vastly improved. And when you look at it objectively, wow, they look way better. What happened? What happened is you used a results-oriented metric to evaluate them and not these predictive things that were created for gambling. Now, I know the Oriental kid from fucking Philadelphia who needs his skull bashed in is a gambling addict. It's obvious. He's a fucking gambling junkie. But dude, listen, take your addiction, go get help. The rest of us are talking about the reality of a quality team. Now, Pitt fell on its face last night. I'll be the first to admit it. So it makes all my arguments look bad. But here's the point. I've been hating Ken Palm for 20 years. Ken Palm was created in 2002. This young punk thug fuck from Philly wasn't even born then, probably. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was, he's probably like five uh, when Ken Palm came out. And I'm somebody who followed basketball since I was 13 and 79, young punk thug fuck. So listen to me. I'm following the sport. What does that mean? The players, the teams, the game, the wins and losses, the nuances. I understand it. And the talent, the talent is the most important thing. And who's going to win? And who did you beat? And what talent did you beat? And sure, where did you beat them home and away? But by how much you beat them, nobody gave a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody that knows anything about college basketball wants to know about point spread. Do you know why they do? Betting, betting. The only reason Ken Palm included scoring margin and created his whole metric was for betting. For betting. So people could predict. The reason they call it a predictive index is so that they could look and say, if this team played that team on that court, how many will they win by or lose by? And then they can bet with a point spread to make money. What does that have to do with analyzing who's the best team right now? Let's rank them. Who's better than who right now? How did the results happen? Who beat who? On what court? You know, that's it. It's very simple. And that's what the AP people do. And I'm telling you, the actual rankings, whether it's the coaches poor the AP, are way more accurate. They've always been more accurate than the RPI. But the RPI helps. Why? Here's why. Here's why they use the RPI. Because 
We only did a top 20 for years. Did you know that? I bet you the Philadelphia fuck doesn't know that. We only used an art. We, we didn't even have more than 20 teams ranked for years and years. I don't even remember. It was sometime, it's probably this century, probably after 2000 when we went to a 25. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up, but it, it was mostly a top 20. So if you're going to do a basketball tournament and include 64 teams now obscenely, including this retarded 68 or whatever it is, I think it was 62 and they made it 68 or was it 60 teams? Yeah, it was 60. No, it was 64. They made it 68. They took four of the automatic qualifiers and made them play off against each other. Disgusting. They probably punished them. Yes, you four teams from these conference, normally you would just get to go in as 16 seeds, but instead we're going to make you play off each other down to two. Then we'll take four more at-large people from the power conferences usually, and we'll make them play off of each other and get down to two 11 seeds and plug them in. So it was just a sick idea. It's perverted. It was a 64-team field, and it was perfectly fine. They, ex they expanded it by four by doing this weird thing of punishing four of the automatic qualifiers from little schools and making them do a playing game. Humiliating, pathetic. Then they take, they say, hey, we're given, you know what? The good thing about that big conference money-grubbing pig schools is... Yes, we're punishing these weak schools, and that's terrible for them. But, hey, you know, at least, at least they're still in the tournament, these little, little engines that could. But as far as the big schools, we're letting four more of you in, see? This is what they told us. By, by increasing it to 68, we're always going to take four more uh, at-large bids. And that's always going to be you big schools that want more money. So guess what? We'll, we'll punish the little schools, make them play off four of them, where they would have otherwise been in already playing a one seed right away you know give them a little joy and, and date and, and then we'll bring in four more youth schools that you the big schools that wouldn't even made it you wouldn't even be in so now you guys get to be in it but you have to play off of each other down to two before you're really in it and then only two of you are in it it's dumb it's it's hideous it's ugly it's been the worst thing in the world but anyway i digress the point is this why do we have to have these metrics at all? Why do we have to have these rank beyond the rankings? The rankings are great. People watching the games and ranking them, it works. It works. It's a good, it's a good process, as was proven by Pitt being ranked this week. They deserve it. They deserve to be 25. That wasn't a fluke. They deserved it. They fell on their face. They had a shit outing at Notre Dame. They embarrassed me. They made everybody look bad for supporting them. But that doesn't mean they didn't deserve it. They absolutely deserved it. And the point is they are a top 25 team who fell on their face. Guess what? Look at the top 25. They've all fallen on their faces recently. Every last one of them. It's a, it's a fucking cesspool of losses. The entire top 25. So, yes, it was very degrading for Pitt because we had to fight so hard just to get what we had earned and the truth. What was the truth that they're a top 25 team? We had to fight so hard just to get it. And then, boom, we fall right on our face. But that doesn't mean it wasn't reality. Fucking Philly cunt. No. Ken Palm has them at 65. Fuck that. Fuck that just because they, they were playing Mike Bray in his last game. He brought back 30 students that had retired before. It's a road game. Very hard to win. 
they had a Miami game coming up, and they knew they could lose this one and still win at Miami and have the same result. They knew that. The players knew that. You know, they've already beat Miami. They like they knew they know Miami. They're looking forward to that matchup. I know you as a Pitt fan who doesn't believe in them, and certainly the fucko in Philly who, who pretends to be a Pitt fan who thinks they're in line with the metrics and Ken Palm's right. He, he doesn't understand that they're going to beat Miami Saturday. Mark my words. Pitt's going to beat Miami Saturday. They're certainly going to look really good in that game. I guarantee it. Because what happened is they, they said, you know, we got to play two road games. We know Miami. We beat Miami. I like our chances at Miami, and they lost focus. And they, clearly that pit team last night wasn't the pit team that we've watched all year at all. And it's disconcerting, and it was scary. And, you know, do I know that the old pit team that I know is real, a very talented team, third most talented team in my lifetime, do I know that they're going to come back? Because they are. They're the third most talented team. I did a study of the 0203 pit team. I did a player by player. I looked at the metrics. I looked at the, the stats. This team's more talented. I showed that to some guy who wants to believe in that team. He wouldn't even look at the stats. He refused to look at them because he knew he was wrong. He, he Just on, the, on its face, when he actually broke down the players, he realized I was right, but he had to fight me. And he fought me during the start of the pit game. Again, a young punk thug prick because he doesn't know anything about the 80s. Yeah, I could tell he blew off the Charles Smith team. So he's definitely at least 15 years younger than me. So he's just some young punk thug. Who, who believed, you know, his childhood of pit basketball was that Ben Holland team and then Jamie Dix in the 2000s. And I loved those years. Loved them. I had season tickets during those years. This fucking guy is trying to tell me that 02 and 03 is far superior to this team. This team's just a nice story. Blah, 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 blah. Dude, I watched every game in person. And I called you dude because you're a fucking punk thug and I could piss down your throat. Do you get it? Come here to me right now. Find my address online. I want to pound your face in. You motherfucker. I had season tickets. Don't tell me. You're allowed to disagree with me. It's fine. But how dare you disrespect my numbers, shit all over me, mock me like I'm some idiot, some fucking lunatic fan, like frothing at the mouth joyfully at this team. No, not at all. I'm a realistic person watching a team that's good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're more talented than any other team since the 09 team. And then the 87-88 the team, I'm just saying, that's all. Go look at the stats. Go look at the players. Go break it down. Do a little work. Can you, my punk thug bitch fuck, can you spend 30 seconds even, five minutes, read a fucking stat book, compare some stuff. Can your brain handle it, my dumbass dude? No, put your dress back on. Go do whatever you do with your pathetic life, you fucking losers. I'm so tired of these Pitt fans. They put it in quotes. They're not fans. Pitt is starting the game last night against Notre Dame. I can't even watch it because this fuck is firing back at me on Twitter, shooting down my statistical comparison of this team to the 0203 team and saying this team's more talented. Is he shooting it down with factual analysis and stats? No. He's just, but he won't let go. He won't let go. I'm like, dude, the game's on. He won't stop. Why? Because he probably wasn't even watching the game. And then he said, you're affronting my fandom? I'm like, no, I just think fans watch games. This is kind of a big game. You know, he just, and this is, this is Pitt. So we have nammy-pammy people, like Panther Lair, saying, I don't even know why this has to be said. 
but I'm going to say it for the few fringy people that apparently need to hear it. Most pit fads are smart enough to know. But I'll just say it for the few weirdos out there. Obviously, this has been a meteorically, fantastigorically successful season, and it's not even close. No matter what happens from here on out, if Pitt never wins again and doesn't make the tournament, it's still a gigantic success of a season, and no one can debate that. Thank you for letting me puppeteer your thoughts and control your minds. I'm Chris Peak, and I weigh about 40 pounds, and I sit in a basement and talk into a mic. I repeat things, and all I do is pitch my website. But because I'm a puppeteer and a control OCD freak, everybody bows down before me. And Jerry DePaulo, all he keeps saying, all he keeps saying, Jerry DePaulo, Jerry DePaulo, all he keeps saying is, people were trying to fire people. People were trying to fire people. Fans are so fickle. Fans are so fickle. This year proves fans are fickle. And then you get all the moronic pit fans out there that are brainwashed. And they're saying, you are right. Capel is the answer. He was always great. What were we thinking through those four awful seasons? Capel is a master of everything. Capel is the, you know, what? what? And then you got the people going, you are right, Chris Peak. This is a successful season, even though this team is collapsing. And if they never win another game or make the tournament, it is one of the worst, most shocking and depressing finals to any sport team I've ever followed. But you are correct. It is a joyful, successful season. How dare I be emotional or care about actually having a season that adds up to something that matters, even though this season will not matter at all. They won 21 games. Who cares if they finish with 11 losses or 12 and never do anything and they get the NIT and they lose there too. It was successful. It was successful. Give Capel a 20-year extension. Give Capel a 20-year extension. You know, it's so retarded. And then they're also, it's, it's the same as the football school. Let's win the Coastal. Let's win the Coastal. Very likely. The worst Power Five division in all of football. Let's win it. And we're great. We won the Coastal. We beat a bunch of horrible teams. We're the best of shit. We're the top of the shit pile. We are Pitt. I mean, it's it's a joke. Look, do I want Pitt to win the Coastal? Yes. Why? So that they can get to the championship game and actually face a quality team and hopefully beat them. Now, when Pitt won the championship last season, they didn't really face a quality team. <laughs> they beat Wake Forest, who had a good year, and they were a decent team. But it's sad that the only time Pitt won the ACC, it was really weak. And same thing's happening this year. Pitt was winning the ACC. They still might win it. I'd like them to. But it's also a weak year, and we have to admit that. As Pitt fans, we have to say Pitt won a weak ACC football conference when they did. But they had Kenny Pickett, and they had Jordan Addison, and they had talented players. They turn out tons of NFL talent. They're a very good football program. Nobody would question that. But let's just chill on this sort of robotic OCD mindset of, like, we must be thrilled by the success when clearly, if you analyze it, the success is not that wonderful, you know? So for Pitt this year in basketball – 
I think it's a very talented team. And that's my assessment, as I've said. And the guy that was so angry about it being 0203, I'm like, whatever, dude, I want to watch this game. Would you please let me watch this team that I like? You don't like them, so turn off the TV. <laughs> you obviously don't think they're that good. You think they're lucky, small, little engine, the good team. Turn off your TV and let me watch my team, please. So, you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel like this is a very good team. So if this team falls on its face and never wins again, th- they failed, you know, so it's not a success. I don't think it was fluky. Now, what's so funny is Chris Peak said, like, I don't know, a month ago, this is a good team. They're a very good team. He just said two days ago, this is clearly one of the top 25 teams in the country. Now, today he's saying it might be best for Pitt to get the five seed in the ACC because they're probably not going to win in Miami. And if they end up with the five seed, they'll get some shit team. And if beating that shit team and having to play on Wednesday and therefore get a shit team and beating it, if that one win puts them in the tournament, because Joe Lenardi said a couple days ago, Pitt just needs to win one game anywhere anyhow. So Chris Peake, who's a moron about all this shit, doesn't have anything to do, doesn't understand the metrics, doesn't try to understand them. He's just plays dumb and he, he he's acting like that's gospel like joe lenardi saying that even if they beat florida state in round one or round two of the accs that will get pit in but that's not going to do it the dude doesn't understand chris peak this is a quad analysis pitt's quads are falling did you know podcast listeners that virginia dropped overnight when pitt when Pitt's are, uh, net score dropped from 53 to 55, Virginia's dropped from 29 to 30. The, did you know that the quad one limit for home wins is 30? So did you know that Pitt, who is 4-3 and three right now in quad one wins, is this close, and I'm putting my tiny little fingers together really close and small, to going 3-3 three and three in quad one? Because if Virginia drops to a 31 net, and they're 30 right now, Pitt loses yet another quad one win. They already lost a quad one win to Miami because Chris, Chris Peak was saying we should be rooting for Florida State to beat Miami. And goddamn if it didn't happen. And as a result, we lost a quad one win because Miami's RPI dropped to 34. I think it's 35 now. It might have gone back to 34. But whatever. When we beat them on Saturday, even if we don't, it's not getting to 30 ever again. So um, they'd have to, like, win the ACC tournament, Miami, to get us back our quad one win. You know, we'd have to almost like root for them to beat us twice on Saturday and then in the ACC tournament just to get back that quad one win that we lost, which is stupid. Of course, we'll just beat them, get another quad one win, and then beat. But the point is this. We shouldn't have been rooting for Florida State. Now, granted, at this point, we could have, should have been uh, in the sense that – they would be a game ahead of us if Florida State had beaten them. And even if we beat them Saturday, they would win that tiebreaker uh, because we both beat Virginia, but they beat Clemson. And even if it went to Duke, it would be they beat Duke. We did not. So we would be second seed even if we beat them Saturday if they hadn't lost to Florida State. But that being said, that's, that's now. Back then, we wanted Miami to win that game because we wanted to hold on to that quad one win. And now Virginia's net is 30 and we're going to lose that quad one win 
So we got to hope to fuck they don't lose their last game. I think they're playing Louisville. Please, please, Virginia, beat Louisville. Hold on to your fucking net score. And uh, Pitt needs their quads because now all of a sudden, Chris Peak, who didn't give a shit about that, is like, oh, I just hope they can win one more game, even over a shit team, to get in back into the tournament. No, dude, dude, they don't want to back into the tournament. They need to win good games. This team, wait a minute, dude, you just said yesterday they're one of the top 25 teams in the country. Now you're willing for them to back in by beating Florida State? What? What? So, look, don't listen to these people. Don't listen to Jerry DiPaolo who says, like, we should give, you know, thick parents, fans are fickle. Look, Capel should have been fired. Not, not should have been fired. This should have been his fired year. I mean, in other words, Win or get fired. Look better or get fired. This was the year for Cable. Guess what? He pulled his ass out of the fire. Guess who did that more recently? Narduzzi. He had a year. Win or, or get fired. And they won the ACC. Okay? So he pulled his ass out of fire. Now he had a decent year last year. Disappointing, but decent. So once again, you're like, okay, Narduzzi stays. But I'm not, I'm not looking for his head. But believe me. If he, if he had done less than winning that weak-ass Coastal with Kenny Pickett two years ago, he should be fired. And Capel this year, if he didn't at least be competitive and look good with this team that he put together, he should have been fired at the end of this year. Now, now you don't fire him. No way. No way do you fire him. He showed that he can get lucky once. Let's see if he can do it again. But in the meantime, as far as judging this season, this is a good team. This is a talented team that he put together. If they suddenly don't even make the NCAAs, it's a huge failure to, to be this talented, that good, that exciting, and then just fall apart at the end and not even make the tournament. That's terrible. That's not just un, it's not it's not only not successful. It's unsuccessful. It's disappointing. I'm sorry. What, what Chris Peak doesn't understand is, is what Jim Beheim does understand. Chris Peak needs to learn and suck at the cock of Jim Beheim. He needs to bow before Jim Beheim and lick his scrotum and eat out his asshole, okay? He does. I'd like that. I'd actually pay to watch that, to be honest with you. But he, what he needs to understand is what, what, what Beheim clearly does, which is times have changed in college basketball. This is a new world. And in the current basketball world, um, you're going to, each year could be different. It's a crapshoot. And the transfer portal and the mix of your players and who you bring in and who goes out, every year it could be different. So I'm sorry, Chris Peak, but what, it, what we experienced this year, you got to take advantage of it and you got to run with it and do the best you can. And just because you got a little lucky draw and finally won 21 games, if you don't even win the ACC, you, you fall out in a tournament and you don't even make the NCAAs, that's just like, wow, it was an exciting little flicker, but pfft, you shit out. That's no good. I mean, it's better than what we put up with before, but that's not what we're looking for. Maybe it's the nammy pimmy weak-ass world that Chris Peak is brainwashing you. Watch my panther lair swinging, you know, fucking chat with a medallion and understand that I want you to want the coastal. That's good enough. The coastal. Watch the medallion. You are getting sleepy. Watch my website. Sign up for it. Pay for my website. Give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. And while you're sleeping and handing over your cash, understand 
that Pitt just winning 20 games for the rest of your life is good enough. Just please be happy. Bring back Jamie and go 20 and 18 and make the NIT. That's as good as Pitt can do. Please just sign up for my website. Give me your money and put up with a 20 winning team, even if they lose almost 20 as well. 20 wins is all you need. Watch the medallion. Watch the medallion. You know, and the Pitt fans are like, I believe in this team. What a wonderful year. H2P, I love the spunk and the spirit, and God bless all these people. Fish, fish, H2P. You know, come on. I mean, fish was a cool story. It was great. I liked it. I I reposted the video from the locker room. I was moved by all that stuff, too. But fish is, is you know, a story. What matters in sports is winning. (laughs) What you want is victories. What you want is championships, okay? And And if you have a really talented, good team, and you fall short of that, it's not a success. So he's used to the football world where he can go, this team was eight and four. That's a success or not a success. That was one law. You know, he doesn't get basketball. Basketball, when you have a good team and you're going good and you fall apart, that happens sometimes. I've seen it happen to pit teams in the past. They just can't win. They get in a funk and they just stop winning. And nobody ever back then. And I'm talking about Jamie Dixon teams in particular. But also, <laughs> oh, geez, don't even get me started on the uh, Kevin Stallings. Well, this Kevin Stallings years. Everyone knows about those two years. But um, the, uh, oh, geez, what's his name that came in after uh, Paul Evans, uh, the little shitty guy that five awful seasons at Pitt, and he had his son play. And then he went on to work for, with at, uh, Kentucky uh, with Rick Patino. What was his name? Anyway. Those teams were so awful. Oh, what a nightmare. When we, you know, really, Paul Evans was a fantastic coach, but the players hated him. Players hated him. But then we went to this little guy, and he was awful. He was so awful. And they moved to a lot of the bigger home games. They played him in the Civic Arena. It was so awful. Went to those games. One game in particular, North Carolina kicked the living shit out of bed, running up and down the court. And we had this coach's son running up and down, looking like an idiot. Oh, what a disappointment. But anyway, um, so many years of pit basketball. But once you live through them and you experience the ups and downs and the rankings and the ratings, you know the awfulness of these metrics. And what I'm t- I've tried to tell this punk-ass bitch from Philadelphia is Ken Palm. When they came around in 2002 till now, it's 20 years, 20-plus years. They're just not real. You watch them. You watch them when Pitt was great in the 2000s. They had Pitt 18th. We were ranked fourth in the country. We, you know, you looked at our metrics, you know, that we were th- like in 22, 23, uh, 02, 03, they were like third in offensive field goal percentage and sixth in defensive field goal percentage in the country. And yet, you know, and we were ranked like fourth, fourth in the country and Kempom had us like at 11 or 12 or, you know, it's just, and it wasn't just Pitt. I mean, his ratings Again, because they correlate metrics and stats that have never been shown by any study to have anything to do with wins and losses. They have nothing to do. They're called predictive, but they have no clue, like, how good a team is. Tell me who the best teams are. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just know that if you play that in that gym, you might win by five. People go, I bet it, and it worked. Ken Palm's a genius. When you bet his point spread figures, it works out great. You know, 
Meanwhile, at the end of the day, what we're trying to get is past the top 20. The AP, they rank 20. Now they rank 25. We've got to seed an entire tournament. We need like 40 more teams. How do we tell who the 40 teams should be? See, that's what the metrics are for. The reason we're created all this shit is the AP's great. Don't Pitt is the 25th best team in the country this week. They were, and they are, and they were because they earned it. So don't say, oh, no, they were 55 all along. <laughs> 65, if you believe Ken Palm. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. They actually deserved what people saw who actually used their eyes. And, and if you're a Pitt fan who doesn't think that, then never watch them again. Fuck you. If you really believe that everything they earned and everything they are and everything they did wasn't real, fuck you. Get out of the sport. If you would rather believe in Ken Palm than your own fucking eyes, fucko in Philadelphia, get the fuck out of my feed. Get the fuck out of my messages. And I, Oh, Jesus Christ, that guy. Anyway, the bottom line is the reason we created the metrics wasn't to tell us this team's the best team. That team. It was to try to figure out who belongs in the tournament and who doesn't. And at the end of the day, Ken Palm never works good for that. It just doesn't. It doesn't rank the teams appropriately. They don't sync up. And all you have to do is compare it to the AP, and you can see reality, fantasy. AP actually gives you credit for who you beat and who you lose to. Ken Palm, you got terrible teams with terrible losing records ranked ahead of winning teams who beat the team with the losing record. It's insanity. It's wrong. It's fucked. And anybody who's saying it's appropriate because it shows their metric here and it indicates their measurement here and it shows this here, Dude, that's not how it's being used. If you want to go off into a corner and masturbate to the efficiency of this and that and, the, and you know the percentage differences, go ahead. But everyone knows we're using these fucking things to rank results. That's what we're doing. So you go, oh, that's not what I'm doing. I'm sitting at home eating my Japanese food and watching the Philadelphia Eagles beat some other team. Fuck you, you motherfucker. This cunt actually got on and said, Kalaja can't see you're a Philadelphia Eagle. That's when I hit the roof. Fuck you, Pitt Panther going to the Eagles. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler, you fucking cunt. Trade in your Pitt resume, your Pitt diploma right now. I know that there's a lot of Pitt students that aren't from Pittsburgh. I get it. There are a lot of fans of Pitt, you know, basketball and Pitt hoops that aren't really Pittsburghers. I know. I understand. Some of these idiots came in from out of town. <laughs> but the reality is Philadelphia sucks. I went to Carnegie Mellon with a shitload of arrogant motherfuckers from Philadelphia like this fucking cunt. And I can't stand them. I can't stand them. I don't want to stand them. I won't stand them. So I want you to stand with me in the hatred, vicious, serious, intense, fun hatred for anybody who doesn't understand that this pit team was good. If they've fallen on their face and they don't win again, they lost it. I don't know. They ran out of steam. But there doesn't mean they weren't really good. It doesn't mean they weren't one of the 15 best teams in the country just, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago. They were, they were that good. Um, if they're slipping up, if they're falling apart here, you got to look at the character of the team, the coaching. Uh, maybe they're injured. I don't know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't believe that yet. Yet. I am going to give them more time here. I did not like their performance at Virginia Tech at all. I did not like their performance against Georgia Tech at all. I did not like their performance in the first half against Syracuse at all. 
But the second half of Syracuse, that was more like it. I did not like their performance last night against uh, uh, Notre Dame at all. Um, so this is scary. Uh, it's bad. We're, we're, we're reaching a point where all the recent games are not good. But don't let that fool you. This team was very good, very talented, and absolutely deserved in the top 25. And if they fall so far down that they don't even make the tournament, it's, it's a bust year. I'm sorry. It's just a bust year. It's a huge disappointment, and it's kind of a disgrace. And uh, anyone who tells you otherwise is a fucking idiot. And anybody who tells you that the reason they're falling on their face is because they were never any good because the metrics said so is also a fucking idiot. Ignore all those fuckers who say the metrics proved what they're saying and they were never good. They're all assholes. Okay, and ignore all the people who say it's good no matter what. There's a great team. Go fit. Even if they never win again, they are also assholes. Okay, what 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 is reality is this team was good, is good, but maybe they've lost their steam or maybe they'll get it together and be good again. Bottom line is time will tell. But if they choke out like the Steelers have done and go into the playoffs like the Steelers did and lose, you know, be losing 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, the Cleveland Browns, or, you know, be down by three touchdowns to Kansas City. If this team in Pitt does that, was that a successful Steelers season, those seasons that I just recapped? No, of course not. So why would this be? Well, because we haven't won in six years, so it's nice just to win again. Go Coastal! (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry. No, no. This is not a successful season unless this team, which was very good, gets it back and is very good again. Now, do they have to get to the Sweet 16? Absolutely not, but they have to get to the tournament. They have to get to the tournament or it's a big fucking goose egg bust disappointment of a season absolutely if this team doesn't make the ncaa tournament oh my god what a fucking disappointment and don't ever 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 look at the ken palm again it is a fucking travesty it's been a piece of shit since it started in 2002 and anybody who gives a fuck about that unless they're gambling is a fucking moron i love you Yabba da boop